Praise God. Welcome to church, everybody watching online. Thank you so much for being with us today. Everybody that's part of our normal congregation in the sanctuary that's that's made it into the Zoom uh, audience today, thanks so much for coming and being with us here. Those of you who are watching online on your TVs or your tablets or your phones uh, or your computers, thank you so much for joining us. Normal members of our online congregation, thank you so much for coming and being with us today. It's always great to have you with us. I love getting emails from you folks, especially when I don't get to see your face so much, but it, when I, I get contacted by folks that are from the online audience, it's a blessing. It makes us wanna keep going to do this part of it and to strive to be uh, part of what we got going on here uh, online. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's a great day to be together. It is Sunday, so it is church day, uh, but you know what? We ought to just be able to worship God any day, amen? amen. Yeah. And so praise God. Well, uh, Jody and I uh, had a, uh, a kind of a spontaneous little trip this weekend. Uh, I w went by myself uh, Wednesday, uh, some of you would remember Caleb, my cousin that was working with us for a little while. Uh, he got married this weekend up in Norfolk, Virginia. And so we went up there to be with him. I, I left Wednesday. Jody came Friday, brought the boys, and we went and watched uh, Caleb get married on Friday. And uh, it was just a great thing. We were just there to see them uh, tie the knot and, and go off. And, you know, uh, when he left us uh, in March of last year, February last year, when was that? January? January, February. Somewhere in that time frame. He was only with us for a short time. Uh, and I just thought, well, Lord, what, what's going on? Why did we even bother bringing him up here? I mean, if, if he was going to leave that soon. And and I, I just, you know, that's something that I questioned as myself. But, you know, as soon as he got back to Virginia and started working, he met his fiance, what became his fiance. And they got married just less than a year later. So, uh, you know, we know, you know, you never know what God's plans are for somebody. But um, uh, we were really happy for him, and we were just able to be there with him, and uh, and so it was just a really uh, awesome weekend uh, for that. Uh, we got back yesterday after, uh, evening, early evening, and uh, can't wait till tonight at five o'clock to see many of you who are in town that are going to be there with us at the uh, at our church fellowship at the uh, Chewy's on International Drive. It's um, right there. Uh, if you're at International Drive in Sand Lake, there's the Walgreens right there. And then just behind that is a, so, a couple of restaurants and Chewy's is right there. Um, they got good chips and salsa. So come on, somebody. Whew. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> so, plus uh, getting ready, to, getting to see some of you guys is always great. All right. Praise God. Well, uh, today we're going to keep going talking about being brilliant and the the kind of life that God has called us to live is a life of brilliance. And so we were talking about this. Uh, this is week nine uh, that we've been talking about this. And, and if you notice that that every week it all is tying back to the kind of life God wants us to live, but it's different. It's different avenues of of how to get there. And so what we begin talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, in Proverbs chapter one, verse number two uh, through four, it says this, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son. Uh, let me say this as we're getting going. Uh, we are on the U version again today. So if you have the U version Bible app, open it up, click on events, and then under events, you just put in direction church. And in there, you can actually follow along with all of our scriptures that we have today. And uh, there's a couple of uh, notes in there. You can also um, create your own notes and then email those notes to yourself so that you can keep them. Uh, and it can all be done right off your phone, off of your computer, off your tablet or whatever. So jump on the Uversion app today and, um, and search under events. And you say, where's events? It's under that, there's three little bars on the right side that it's like an other menu. When you click on that, events is listed in there. So uh, jump on and grab your grab those today. Uh, and so then now we can keep reading. Uh, Proverbs 1, verses 2 through 4. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. 
These proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Now, we've been talking about this scripture. This is our base text for this series. We've been talking about it now for nine weeks. And the thing that the Lord spoke to me when I started January 1st of reading the Bible all the way through with many of you that are uh, participating in that, um, these these words jumped off the page at me that, that it, when it was talking about teaching people and helping people and um, that, that these purpose the purpose is to teach people and 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 it was the things that it was supposed to teach and the Holy Spirit just dropped in my heart and said if something is to be taught then that means it's for it is for everybody now that doesn't mean everybody's going to receive it and that doesn't mean everybody's going to to uh, get it and everybody's going to understand it or or even like it uh, but it does mean that it is available, come on somebody, for you. It's available. If you're alive and breathing, then these things that the Proverbs were meant to teach us and help us with and show us and give to us, they are for you now. Well, you can say, well, I'm not, I'm not one of those kind of people. I'm not a very smart person. I'm not, a, I'm not a very disciplined person. That's what these things were written for, so that we can have enlightenment, we can have wisdom, we can become skilled in our walk with God, in our knowledge of God, and we can actually become disciplined to make right decisions based on what God's leading us to do. And that is for you. Even if you've been said to your whole life, you're just a screw up and you mess everything up. Listen, <clears throat> that's, that, is, that, that doesn't have any effect on what God has designed you to be. It may have an effect on what you're doing right now, but that doesn't change the fact that God designed you, come on, to have discipline to have wisdom to become skilled in your knowledge of him to be able to understand the mysteries of this world and and of the things of the spirit that doesn't mean just because you've been said to your whole life something that that doesn't mean god wanted something different from you 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 are meant to have these things going on in your life that's what he built you for and so that's what we've been talking about that your uh walk with god is supposed to be that way we have been trying our best to keep up with these uh online so that you can go back and watch them on the youtube channel um it's actually on our website you can click the link through there um, and then you can watch these back and we don't charge for our stuff we just give it away uh, you can also listen to them again i highly encourage you to do that not because i think i'm just such a great speaker and i want you to hear the soothing sounds of my voice coming through the speakers of your phone i i'm trying to help you to get this information because once it drops down on the inside of you it becomes something that bears fruit in your life and so i encourage you to go back and listen to these because you know we're going pretty fast and we're trying to get through so that we can res be respectful of your time and some of these things that, that they go right by you and so it's important to to listen to them again if you are taking notes uh, to, to take notes or if you if you don't we encourage you to do that um, and if you're using the YouVersion Bible app there's a place there that you can make uh, your own notes there uh, and so you should go back and listen to these things again so that you can get it on the inside of you and you can it'll help you to to really claim and get what God really wants for you in the kind of life he wants you to live all right so we're gonna we're gonna move into the chapter uh, or, or version number nine of this and to do that, we're going to look down in verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 1. And it is uh, actually a very famous scripture for a lot of people. But in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I grew up in church, and I, I, I heard a lot about this verse um, and, I, you know, the, the old Pentecostal church that I grew up in taught us to be afraid of God. Well, you better not mess around. You know, that just might, the Holy Ghost might strike you dead. And I got told about Ananias and Sapphira a lot. And if you don't know who Ananias and Sapphira are, they're a couple who in the book of Acts lied to the disciples uh, about selling a piece of property and how much they sold it for. 
And they came and they gave this portion and said, well, that's, well, that's everything. We sold it for all of this. And they didn't. They kept some of it. And when they did that, um, Peter uh, asked the, you know, the man first, Ananias, and said, is this true? And he said, oh, yes, it's true. And he said, no, it's not. You just lied. And the man dropped dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then his wife, Sapphira, came in later and he, and Peter asked her, he said, what, is this true? Is this really what you all sold it for? And she said, oh, yes, it is. And he said, okay, well, the men that just got back from burying your husband are coming to bury you now. And she dropped dead. And I'm telling you, that just made me scared. Yeah. And when I grew up in church, I was told that that's what will happen if you mess around and that God is out to get you. And he's just looking for an excuse to send them lightning bolts coming and and I don't know if anybody else heard that, but I heard it a lot growing up that you just better be careful because, and I understand the, uh, the root behind that was to teach reverence and that you need to, you know, be reverent of the Holy Spirit. Okay. But this verse isn't talking about being scared or afraid of God. And so that's what we want to talk about today. And the point that we want to make is this, and it's, it's if you're in the U version, it's, this point is already there. Remember who you're living your life for. Remember who, if you're going to live a brilliant life, remember who you're living your life for. So many people take their time today, and they're always looking at how things are going to affect them not realizing that God's calling them to do something for him and accomplish a task that he wants them to do. They always look at it as, well, what is that going to do for me? You know, Janet Jackson taught us all very well in the 90s. Come on, somebody. What have you done for me lately? I mean, we, we've all had that, uh, that master's degree in that. <laughs> and we've all uh, learned that that if I'm going to do something, how am I going to benefit? Here's the great thing about it is when you do something for God, it, do, it does have a benefit for you. It will always have a benefit for you. But it's he's not calling you to do something just for you. Okay? God calls us to live our lives for him, and we need to keep him and what he's called us to do first that should be the first and foremost thing in our life so let's talk about this this phrase here the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge another translation says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom what does that mean does god want us to live like somebody who's been abused like you know you should be afraid of him does god want us to live like that so many people have been hurt scarred injured emotionally uh, they've been injured physically and they do live their life through the filter of those past injuries those past scarrings those past hurt and they live afraid of god like they've like somebody who like he's somebody who has been in a place of authority or or strength in their life and those people hurt them so now i have to filter anybody who's strong or anybody who is uh of authority i have to filter them through that because last time i did that i got hurt so many people are afraid of god's wrath and god's punishment and they have this view that when God does call them to do something, it's always going to be something awful and extreme. Now, there are some people that don't think this way, but there's a lot of people that do. I remember, as like I said, when I was growing up in the Pentecostal church, uh, the old-fashioned Pentecostal church, I was afraid to, when they, they, whenever they would preach these, you know, you need to surrender to God. You just need to tell God whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I was, I was the kid in Sunday school class and I would say I'm not saying that I'm not going to tell God I'll do whatever I was afraid to tell God that I would do whatever he wanted me to do now if we can be real and honest a lot of people are afraid to do that 
<laughs> and the reason that I was so afraid is because I just knew that as soon as I said, okay, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do, that God was going to send me to Africa to be a missionary and that I was never going to see my family again and that I would be stranded on the other side of the world living to barely get by. <laughs> and that was what that's what I dealt with. And there are a lot of people who believe that challenges in their life come from God. They're afraid of messing up. They're afraid of missing God. They're afraid of making a mistake because they're looking at God through an experience of hurt. Hurt that they experienced when they gave somebody else control. When they gave somebody else, somebody that had strength and I gave them, you know, I was vulnerable to them and, and, and I, I, they took advantage of me. And this could be a variety of people, a abusive parent, abusive spouse. It could be, you know, somebody that you got into a business dealing with and they stole everything. I mean, it could be a friend that just stabbed you in the back. And, and a lot of folks are viewing their walk with God like this. You know, they've been hurt so bad that they just know as soon as I really give everything over to God, he's going to hurt me the same way. So when you talk about the word fear, they're in fear of, of God like, like that. And some people are almost like, well, I'm supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be like that. So let me just start really by saying this. The word fear is not the same word as to live in dread of or be afraid of somebody. Now, there is a part of that word in the, in the Hebrew that does mean those things, okay? It does, you know, that, that word fear, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I'm not even going to try to pronounce it in the Hebrew, but it does, part of it does mean dread and to be afraid. But when you look that word up in the concordance, um, it says, it says those things when it's talking about objects or people, that that, that part of it applies to dread or being afraid of, okay? But there is a third definition, and right there on that part of it, it actually says fear of God. And then it, that definition completely changes from dreadfulness and afraid of, and it means to have respect or reverence. Now, I looked up that word reverence, and I, I've actually heard that word a lot too, um, but that means to have a deep respect for somebody. Then it goes on and it, it says uh, the, the fear of God means respect, reverence, or a deep respect for somebody. It also means piety. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't ever use that word unless I'm talking about strawberry or cherry or, you know. <laughs> I, I don't use the word piety in its correct pronunciation, okay? But the word piety is a very religious word. People that have grown up around church probably know that. Um, but it means this. Piety means a belief or a point of view that is accepted with unthinking conventional reverence. Okay, so think about that. It is a belief or a view that is accepted without unthinking deep respect. Okay, now that, that's important. Unthinking deep respect. It also means to be revered, which is to feel deep respect or admiration for. So if we were going to look at this scripture using all these definitions that we just read in there, the fear of the Lord is to respect deeply and admire God without even thinking about it. Now, think about that. It's to respect and admire God without even thinking about it. Now, we said to you a few weeks ago, uh, we were talking to you about mulling things over and really thinking about the things that you read and to study those things out because the strong it becomes stronger. Uh, the word becomes stronger and more real in our lives so that we can live brilliantly, okay? And so... That is a that's a little bit different. You know, you get a word from God or you're studying the Bible, you should think and allow your brain to process that. 
But this is talking about an action of having respect and strong, strong respect, deep respect and admiration for God without even thinking about it. What that means is it doesn't mean that you should stop thinking about the things of God. It means that this should become an automatic response. You know, you don't think about every time that you blink your eyes. You don't think about every time you take a breath. Now, there are times we do think about blinking our eyes because something's in our eye and we're trying to get it out, or we do think about taking a deep breath when it's like we're trying to sort things out and we kind of go, we take a big deep sigh and we kind of, we think about those. But for the most part, you don't think about blinking your eyes. You don't think about, there's lots of things your body is on autopilot doing. It just does. And what this is teaching us, okay, that if we're going to live in the fear of the Lord, that we should have a deep respect and admiration for God without even having to think about it. What's he saying? This should come to a point in our lives that this is just who we are. I don't have to look at God as somebody that I have to go, you know, and figure out. I don't have to go and I, I don't have to, you know, understand all of his mysteries. I just love him and I, I respect him just because that's just who I am. And this is what this is calling us to do. The fear of the Lord means I should be get, getting to a place in my life where I love and respect and admire God for who he is without thinking about it. We don't have to muster it up. I don't have to force myself. I don't have to be afraid to do so because he's going to call me to Africa. Okay. <laughs> we love God without even having to think about it. Now, as we go and we study along these lines and you start to think about that, and you say, okay, can I get to that point? Well, according to these, these, these verses, you can. You can get to the point where God is just woven into the fabric of who you are. Now, he is anyway, whether you realize it or not, he created you. The reason that you're alive is because a piece of him is living in you. That's your spirit. You're alive because of it. But I'm talking about this outward guy this guy right here gets to a place where he is just loving and, and admiring and respecting God without having to muster it up it's just a part of who he is now that next part of that verse says this the fear that's that's that healthy respect that we're talking about that deep respect that admiration is the beginning of wisdom okay or knowledge all right so if I'm going to live brilliant, I have to get to this place where I don't have to go, oh, yeah, I forgot to pray. Oh, yeah, I got, uh, oh, yeah, I got to talk to God. Oh, yeah, it's not that. It's, it's, it's just that it's, I'm doing this for God. I'm living my life for God. I'm reading my Bible because I love him. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, a chore. It's an extension of who you are. All right. So what, what does it mean when it says that if I do, if I have that in my life, that is the beginning of knowledge. Some people believe that it just means that's where it starts. And I was taught to believe that my whole life. I've been, my whole life, I was taught to believe that it, it all starts with you being afraid of God. <laughs> so, and so I, 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 first I had to get past that, that afraid part and get to the respectful part and admiration for okay uh without thinking just that's just who he is he's just awesome all right but it it this word does not just mean it starts there so when we say the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom it's not talking about if you're going to live that way you have to start with deep respect and that's not what it means now, some folks are already probably a little bit concerned with what I'm getting ready to say next because they've been taught their whole lives it all has to start here. No. This word, uh, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you look up the word beginning, it actually means it is the first fruits. It is the best part it is the, the chief. It is the choice part. So what, what, are we, what are we saying, Pastor Brent? Respect, reverence, admiration should be the first thing we are 
we are doing. It should be the first thing that comes out of us. That means that's the thing that we need to be working on right now. It's the thing that we should be learning on first. It is the thing that should be the first proof that you are becoming disciplined and skilled. It is the part of your life that you devote the greatest effort in. <laughs> now, it would be awesome if it was just as easy as we all thought that it was like, well, it just starts there. But that's not what he's telling us. The, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Here's what he's saying. The deep respect and reverence for the Lord is the part you give first. That's the beginning of wisdom. What is that? When wisdom starts coming into your life, and I'm talking about the true version of wisdom we talked about, the first thing you should be showing as, as you becoming skilled in your life is that I'm giving my best gratitude, my best uh, admiration, my best love, come on, my best respect to God. He eclipses everything else I'm giving it to him first it is the first fruit of wisdom coming into my life this is what I mean when I say you got to remember who you're doing this for who you're living your life for all right now if I talk about first fruits now there's a lot of folks that have you know especially if they've been around charismatic or or Pentecostal churches they'll hear the word first fruit a lot and I tend to believe it a little differently than some of the more traditional charismatic churches do uh, because I was taught a little bit differently and, and I like the way I was taught a little bit better. Um, some people have been taught that first fruits is a special offering or a special thing you do um, out over here. And then uh, most of the time when you hear the word first fruits, it's about finances. They're usually talking about finances, that you give a first fruit offering. So the first thing that comes in out of your job or out of your whatever, your investments or whatever, uh, the first thing that comes out of that is, is you give a special offering, and then it's separate. It's different from your tithe. But what I was always taught is the first fruits is the first things you give and that your tithe is your first fruits. Your tithe should always be your first fruit. Okay. And that's the way I was taught, you know, when we were talking about finances, that your first fruit and your tithes are the same thing. Okay. It, but what, what it boils down to, and we were not even talking about tithing, really, uh, it does apply to tithing and finances, but it, it goes across your entire life, your whole existence in, in your, um, in your walk with God, first fruits is something that happens all the way across. It is something that you give to God first. It's the best part that you give. Now, there's this this old story of a of a farmer uh, who proved that first fruits actually works. And what he did was he 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 was a corn farmer, uh, probably in Iowa somewhere. And what he did was he would harvest his corn, and and every year. Uh, they noticed that you know um, the things that they they that really that the, that they considered the first fruits were always the big the big cobs with the big kernels and it was the most juiciest and it, it was the best ears of corn that they had and they always got down to the to the little nubs that didn't have full rows they did you know there was places on it that broke off and what they would do is they would take those big pieces and take those to the market first that's the part they would take the most and because that's what they would get the most money for and so uh, and then what they would do is they would they would salvage the little the nubs and the ones that didn't have they didn't grow all the way out big and thick and they didn't have full rows of kernels on them and and what he would do is um, he would go and keep that well we won't get very much money for that we'll just plant that and he noticed that his corn harvest was getting smaller and smaller every year like the big ones weren't appearing as much and so one year he he said we've got to change something because our our harvest is getting worse uh and so instead of just going and and using in the ground what was left over 
He actually said, we're going to take the biggest and the best, and we're going to plant that back in the ground. And when he did that, he said, he, he said I'm going to put this on a, on a, I think it was a 10-year timetable that we're going we're gonna to see how this works. So what they noticed was the next year there wasn't much of a change. It was about the same. The yield was about the same. But the third year of taking the biggest and the best cobs and replanting those back into the ground, he noticed that it, the yield became bigger. And by the time number 10, year 10 came, the last, uh, the last harvest that he tried this with, the leftovers, the smallest pieces were bigger than the original largest pieces. Wow. So think about that. The, the small leftovers were bigger than the original biggest pieces. Wow. This is, the, this is what God's talking about. That if you will give to me your best, whether it's effort, finances, whatever it is, you give to me the best first. Okay? I, I wrote it down this way. We give to God our best, or we, we give our best to God, not saving what's left for God. So if you're writing that down, you can write that down. We give our best to God, not save what's left for God. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people do that. Some people will say, you know, if, if, if I have to uh, make a decision of what I'm going to give, well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give what's left. When we had, when we were in Tulsa we, at the church we worked at there, Rama, um, they have a We Care Center, and the We Care Center feeds people, but it also clothes people, and they have big donation boxes around there, and they had their own building set up um, just across the street from the church, and it was open a couple of days a week where you could go and get food, but you could also go and get clothes, you know, like Goodwill or one of those kind of places, and we had to tell people if you're going to bring clothes. Don't bring the ratty holes all in them and, you know, stuff that, that is just left over and just not in good shape. And people almost would bring that like they thought they were doing the church a favor. Like, like, like jackets with the sleeve barely hanging, you know, two or three threads holding it on. Or, you know, uh, gloves with a thumb gone. Or, you know, this, well, somebody can use it. Somebody that's needy or whatever. Yeah, but would you want to receive that if you were a needy person? I mean, I remember people that brought in <laughs> old socks and underwear. Who's going? Who would want that? <laughs> you go, well, you beggars can't be choosy. Yeah, but we're representing the Lord here. I'm not going to just barely give them something to, you know, I want, you know, I, I, I want to give my best. And so they would tell people, say, don't bring something in here that's just a leftover. If you wouldn't wear it yourself, don't, don't bring it. And I know this, I know how this sounds and how this does make folks nervous, okay? Um, because when you start talking like this, people immediately go to, well, well, I have to feed and supply for my family. I, I have to be able to take care of my wife or my, my spouse or I have to take care of things and I, I can't ruin my credit and, you know, all these things. And, and I know that that goes through everybody's mind, okay? But we're not telling you to ignore everything else, okay? That's what the Bible tells us that we should be doing. We should be supplying for our families and we should be, we should be taking care of our children and our spouse and we should be doing those things, what we are saying is instead of putting all your effort and attention to that first, give God the best part of your, of your attention and the best part of your, uh, your effort, your seed, your love, your attention, whatever you want to, whatever. Give God the best version of what you're giving him because brilliance comes in that flow. Okay, my best attention, my best seed, my best effort, my best respect, my best admiration should go to God first. Then, now check this out. Now, this is where everybody gets nervous because you're thinking, oh, man. And listen, I know people that have ignored their families 
in the name of doing uh, things for God, and they're no more living for God than the man in the moon. They're just saying that. There is a there is people there there are people that do that as an excuse to not take care of things. Okay? And I want to make sure that this comes across the right way. I want you to understand me. God will never call cause you or call you to neglect your family, neglect your bills, neglect it, to ruin your word in his name. That will never happen. But when you give God your best effort, your best admiration, your best respect, you keep what he's called you to do first, it will cause everything else to be blessed. Everything. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 112. If you're on the U version, it's already in there. But look at what it says here. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. That word fear is exactly the same word we're talking about. Blessed is the man who has deep respect for God, deep admiration for God without thinking about it. It's just part of who he is. Blessed is that man. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Let's look in verse 24. Look at what it says here. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and respect the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and that word mammon there is money, but we can put in there anything. You can't serve God and... I'll just say it. Your spouse, you can't serve God and your and your uh, and your children. You can't serve God and your job. Now that's making everybody nervous. He's talking about in order. Therefore, how do I know that? You're going to see in just a second. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. It is not li- is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Verse 27, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you uh, worry about clothing? Considers the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, Verse 29, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, Uh, But, verse 33, this is the one right here. But seek first. See, this is why I know he's talking about order. He's not saying to neglect shopping. (laughs) He's not telling you to neglect your spouse. He's He's not for one second saying to neglect and turn it away and not be responsible and and don't go you know grocery shopping for your kids and don't don't pay your bills that's not what he's saying he's saying don't do those things first seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness now look at this next words and all these things what things all the things he just got done talking about all these things shall be added unto you there's another place in scripture that says these things will overtake you now look at this because what he's telling us is everything including your marriage your children your job your investments your body your finances your business your retirement your possessions everything will be blessed when you give god your best that should be a t-shirt everything else will be blessed when you give god your best what does that mean i give him my most 
deepest respect and admiration and I don't have to sit and constantly thinking about it I'm growing to the place that this is who I am it's woven into me so let's talk just for a second and then we'll close it down how how do I do that pastor Brent are you telling me that you know I should just ignore my wife because I've got to go pray and read the Bible no you should be punched in the face if you do that you do, you're not a, you're not a, you're not impressing anybody by neglecting your kids because you spend all your time in the closet praying. That's not what we're saying at all. I'm saying go in your closet and pray and then get out there and take care of all the needs that you have in your life. God's going to lead you that way. He's going to lead you to take care of those needs. He's going to show you how to take care of those needs the best and most efficient way possible. He's going to show you the things that you need to say to your kids that gets through to them the best. He's going to show you business ideas for your business to expand it and make it grow. He's going to, he is wanting you to give him the most admiration and most respect first because what he's got in store for you is brilliance. So how do I respect him? Let's go back to that verse in uh, Psalm 112. It is always a sign of obedience to his calling. So here it is. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Now, if we was to keep on reading uh, the, uh, about this, we would say that the, the person who delights, that word delights means loves and does. So I love what you're telling me to do. <laughs> I don't always understand it, but I love it because I know what's on the other side of it, and now I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Now, there's a great story in the Bible that if you've ever been around church at all, you'll know it. If you don't, maybe you've seen the movie. But um, there is a story in the Bible in Genesis about Abraham. Now, most everybody knows Abraham or at least knows the name Jewish people very much know Abraham. Muslims actually know Abraham um, because he was the father of Isaac and the father of Ishmael, and Ishmael was the, was the fathers of the Arabs. Uh, and so um, Abraham is a very famous uh, character in the Bible. In fact, we as Christians, all of it goes back to him. The covenant, everything starts here. He's the great example for us. All right. And in Genesis chapter 22, we see that God tells him that, hey, I know I told you that you're going to um, your inherit your uh, not your inheritance, but your line, the, the, your children are going to be blessed through Isaac. You're going to have more children than the sand and the stars. And they're going to have you know, you're a father of many nations and all this. And, and you're going to it's all going to come through Isaac. And he actually says it's going to come through Isaac. But then in chapter 22, God says to Abraham, uh, I'm going to need you to kill Isaac and lay him on the altar and sacrifice him to me. Now, see, if you, were, if you didn't know God, you'd think, are you bipolar? I mean, because you told me that he was going to bless, bless the world. Now you're telling me to kill him. But see, the thing is, Abraham didn't have to think about that. Why? He got skilled enough to know, I have to keep, I, he, he got it in him. It was so real to him that he said, he actually, you can see it. When he was walking away, they'd, they'd say, uh, he was getting ready to leave. Him and Isaac were going up on the hill, and I should have pulled this scripture too, but he said, he turns and he looks at the guys, and he says, we're going to go offer the sacrifice. Me and the boy shall return. What is that? He had it so much in him that he knew that even if I have to sacrifice Isaac, and I do have to, you know offer him as a sacrifice god's going to raise him back up because god already said that my line would continue through isaac it, it it wasn't a workup it wasn't a false you know making confessions until he got there he had it in him it was so in him so he begins to walk this out now i know you start talking like this people really get nervous but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what, what this really means. Genesis chapter 22, we, we know that they get up there, and, and Isaac even starts, like, what, what's going on here, Dad? Where is the, uh, where's the sacrifice? And, and Abraham just says, God will provide. God will provide. And we get there in verse 12. 
and he's got him laying on the altar. He's getting ready to shove the knife in him. He's got it up, and he's getting ready to, to do it. And in verse 12, it says, And he said, this is angel talking, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Now listen to this. He was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever he called him to do first. Okay? This is what we're talking about here. If I'm going to live brilliantly, I have to trust God enough that I will do what he is calling me to do because I know he does not want me to destroy my family. He wants to bless my family. Amen. Amen. Listen, this is an extreme example. It is. I, I can't see of nowhere else in the word except God himself who was called to do this. This is an extreme example. But here's what I want you to get. This extreme example shows us God's true character even in the most extreme circumstance. The great part about it is God's not probably going to call you to do something that extreme. See, for me, when I was growing up, extreme was he's going to tell me to go to Africa and I have to move away from my family. That was the extreme version of it for me. But this is God's true character, and here's what it is. If we keep him at the proper place of being first in our lives, I follow his calling in my life. That if it comes down to choosing to do what he's called me to do or what the word instructs me to do or do what my own mind and desires want me to do, I'm going with him first. I'll set my desires to the side because I admire and respect God that much. And, and, and when we do that, he always provides for the need and so much more beyond. Here's what I wrote down this morning. Our lives are always better after we give our lives to God. Listen, when we got when Abraham got up there. Now, I can't even imagine the the mental strain on that to sacrifice your son. I can't even I can't even begin to wrap my mind around that. But listen to me. When Abraham got there, Abraham found a better sacrifice than Isaac would have been. Now see, in those days to offer humans, that was what the pagans did. This is not what God wanted. That's not what would have would have been a sweet-smelling sacrifice to God. But when Abraham said, I, I, if that's what you're telling me to do, I'll do it. When he got there, he actually had a better sacrifice. The Bible says there was a ram caught in the thicket right there. Now, we know that God was good with with. Uh, rams being sacrificed because right now you know we've been reading leviticus in our one-year bible reading where he starts talking about the what it's like you know if you're going to bring a sacrifice it can be a, a ram or a goat or whatever and it starts talking about what it looks like see abraham said okay god i don't i don't understand it all but you said it i'm going with you i'm going to live in such fear i'm going to give you my best my best admiration I'm going to give you, come on, my best respect, and I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. And when he got there, God actually provided for him a better sacrifice than Isaac would have been. Amen. That's good. It would, it's because his love and admiration for God was first. And when he put God first, God showed his true character. And he made his family brilliant because of Abraham's respect and admiration for God. And he gave it to God first. So what are we talking about? The fear of the Lord, the deep respect, the admiration without thinking about it is the first fruit that I'm giving everything to God. Now, I'll say this. When you give to God that way, 
God then blesses your marriage that it becomes wonderful. He blesses your children that they become blessed themselves. They start to get what you've got. He starts to give you favor with people at your job. If it comes down to you making a choice of, do I do, I do this? Do I, do I do what God's calling me to do? Or, or do I do this? I'm going to put that on hold because I'm going to do what God told me to do first. But I promise you that if you do that, God will absolutely make an, a, a way for this to get done better than you could have done in it if you had paid attention to it and ignored him. That's what we're talking about today. And that's where your brilliance awaits. Your brilliance awaits on the other side of that. Giving God your best first. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're so grateful that you desire that. You don't want us to have to sacrifice our families. You don't want us to, to give up on our spouses and give up on our kids and, and, and have a bad name from our job and, and do all this in, in the name of following you. Lord, you want us to be so wrapped up in you that people admire the excellence in our marriages and admire the excellence in our kids and admire the excellence at our jobs. They are admiring those things because they're seeing your blessing come through them. And we thank you that you desire that for us today. Thank you that you called us to live brilliant today. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're watching me today and you don't know Jesus, listen to me. All of this sounds like you know, fanaticism. Like those people are just, they're absolutely out of their minds. There's no way I could just not have my family first or I could, I mean, I'm, I'm a career person. I'm, I've got a job that pays a lot of money and I've got to really pay attention to that. And I've got to go after that. That all sounds crazy. But when you have, and you're ser when you have Jesus in your life and you're serving God that way, the results are outstanding. They, they really are. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people say, you know, I had to make a decision whether to, you know, to, to keep, you know, not pay my tithes or, or have cable. <laughs> and, 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 and the Lord, they, they, the Lord won out and they said, I decided I'm going, I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm not going, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to turn my cable off until, and literally when they made that sacrifice, the Lord literally got it, gave him a raise at work in less than a week. I mean, I'm not telling you that that's going to happen for you exactly like that. I'm just saying I've heard stories of people where that kind of thing happens. I had to make a decision of whether or not I was going to go along with this business deal that wasn't exactly the best. Or, or was I going to keep the integrity and, and, and my, my, you know, my, my character in line with what scripture calls me to get I, I'm but I make so much money if I did this and 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 I, and I know people that have won out that God won out this went on to be exactly what you know they thought it would be you know shady and and it, and that kind of thing and it blew up and if they had gone with him they would have went been in jail and God brought a different opportunity to them and they became wealthy anyway I can't tell you how many times I've heard those kind of stories. It happens when you when you keep God in his first spot. His blessing comes upon you in everything. Amen. In everything. So if you don't know Jesus, this sounds crazy talk. Because it's all about you and protecting you and what you think you're supposed to do and and you forgot who you're living this life for. But if you'll accept Jesus into your life, you walk in that relationship that he's called you to live, that's when these kind of things start happening, and they happen for real. If that's you today, and you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, would you say this prayer with me? Say, say Father God, I come before you today a sinner, but I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I believe that he's Lord of all. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. 
Make me a new person today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen to me. If you accept Jesus into your life today, what you have on the inside of you is this kind of leading now. It's there. He's living on the inside of you. He has now moved in, and now we're training our bodies and our flesh to quiet down, and we're training our minds to listen to our spirits more than these outside influences. What are we doing? We're giving God our best. And we're, we're getting to a point in our lives where we don't have to think about it anymore. No matter how tempting these things become, I don't have to think about those things anymore. I'm following after what the scripture says. And you can get to that point. It's for you today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you're watching me today and you're part of our congregation, I just want to say to you, um, listen, everything we talk about here is something that is, is for uh, you to, to you know, look for challenges in your lives. What we don't want to see when we give information like this is for extremism to just jump out. Because when it when it's extreme right off the bat, uh, and and you and it's new, your faith hasn't gotten there yet. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not talking about a special manifestation of faith. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about. I remember one time I was I was a friend of ours was. Um, uh, she was really getting turned on to the things of God in this way. Uh, and she was a teacher and, um, she really, she got, she, she got filled with the Holy spirit and she really began her, her life began to change. And we were at a service somewhere. Uh, and, and she, she was new to tithing. She was new to everything. I mean, it was, this whole thing was, was new. And she, she got caught up in the emotion of it. Listen to me. There, there is an emotional aspect of things that if you allow the emotions to get a, a hold of you and not just think through, you know, logically with the word, if you allow the emotion to, and you make an emotional decision, God's not liable to, to, to answer an emotional decision. God's only liable to, to act on what he said he would do. And this young lady got, we were in a, um, a service at a big big church and uh she she said she said you know i feel like i'm supposed to empty out my bank account and i was like for what and she goes i'm going to give it all in the offering today and i was like do, do you have a savings account that you're going to you know be able to live off of or when do you get paid again i'm asking legitimate questions now the if that had been somebody who'd been walking with the lord for a while and was new it wasn't this wasn't new to them and this isn't the first time they heard a prosperity message and i, I probably would have said praise god go for it because the, this is somebody who has walked this out and has learned what we're talking about see this is things that we have to learn and grow in i hope i hope i'm making sense we have to walk in these things we have to grow in these things and so this, this girl looked at me. She goes, no, but I just feel like I'm supposed to. And so she wrote a check that day and emptied her bank account into that offering. Now, I, I just, I said to her, I said, are you sure? Now you can say, well, weren't you in agreement with her? Absolutely. But I, I, I should have said more because I realized she was being, she was emotional at the time. She was being emotional in what she heard and she had got caught up in the moment. And, and I watched her dig that hole and dig it deep, and she kept digging it. And it was because she hadn't learned how to walk in it to where she would get to a point where it didn't, she didn't have to think about it. Uh, she got to the point where she uh, was doing it from an emotional response. So when we're talking about these things, please understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that you can get to a point in your walk with God where these things do happen automatically. But if this is new for you, please, please, please feed your faith. Walk in this in time. This is a pastoral thing right here. I'm trying to watch out for the sheep. Don't just jump up and make an emotional decision. Walk out this in your life. Walk it out. Grow in it. Start with small steps. 
Pastor Hagen used to tell us all the time, believe God for $5 or a cup of coffee before you go and believe for your full tuition to get paid, especially if you've never believed for money before. Start where you are. Start with, you know, listen, if, if, you're, not, if you're not at a place where you can just go whole hog and, 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 and do whatever God's called you to do because you're, you know, you're just, you're, you know that you would just be absorbed in it and you'd forget everything else, then don't. Walk it out in small steps. Give yourself parameters to, to go by and ask God to teach you and lead you while you're going so that you can get to a place that you are what we're talking about. Does that make sense? Praise God. I hope it does. I'm not trying to, to squelch anybody's faith. I'm not trying to throw any wet blankets on anybody's faith. I'm trying to get you to walk in it to where you're learning it and improving on it and you're getting to that place so that you can walk in it. Amen? Praise God. All right. We love you all so much. Uh, we're going to receive today's tithes and offerings. If you're going to give today, you can text. Uh, it's coming up on the screen right there, 84321. You can go on the church's website. You can click the big orange give button right there. If you're going to send a check, you can sure do that. Send it to Direction Church, P.O. Box 40, Loman, Florida, 33858. And you can sure send it right there, and we can receive your checks there. Uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you who are still sticking sticking with it. I know it's unusual because we aren't meeting in a building, and there's no buckets going past you. In fact, we haven't had buckets go past us uh, since Mother's Day weekend, and I don't even think we had them then. Uh, so it's been uh, February, almost a year now, since we've had buckets passed in our church. And I know that's unusual for some of you, but I want to encourage you, um, we're not you know our plan is to is to be back together and that this year has been something that's really unusual for everybody uh so don't lose heart keep giving god calls us to give tithes anyway so you might as well keep giving uh so that the church can continue on it's actually we're putting most of it uh after all the insurances and 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 bills are paid and and payroll is met we're putting all of it in a savings account to uh, you know, to work on uh, saving up for the building. So uh, that's where your tithe dollars are going. We're so grateful to you for uh, those of you who've stuck with us. We thank you all so much, and we believe that in the time of famine, when people sow seed, that a greater harvest comes. And so we're believing for a greater harvest for you, and we're so grateful for you. Thank you for that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give today. We thank you that the needs of Direction Church are being met. We thank you that the needs of the people are being met. We thank you that as we follow your rules of giving and receiving, Lord God, they're getting new jobs and raises and promotions. They're getting new patients, new clients, new listings. Lord God, they're, they're getting new invention ideas, new business ideas. Lord God, they're getting investment opportunities. Uh, Lord God, I thank you that, uh, that uh, they're getting uh, divine appointments and divine favor on them during those appointments. I thank you that unexpected increase is coming into their life. Inheritance money is coming their way because of their obedience to follow your rules of giving and receiving. We call them blessed. We call every need met in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Thank you so much for coming and being with us today i know the zoom audience was a little smaller today some of y'all are getting used to sitting on the couch not having to put on uh put on anything but your pajamas and your robe and you don't want to fix up your hair or anything so i get it um but those of you who uh, did make it into the zoom room today thank you i could hear you and uh and see you so thank you so much for uh your it does help me preach better when I hear people's uh, response. Uh, also, and you know what? I'll just throw this out there. Those of you who do want to sit in your pajamas, just don't turn your camera on. It's okay. If we can hear you saying amen, that, that works really good. Actually, it works really good for me. Uh, it helps me preach better. So love you guys. Uh, those of you who are wanting to come tonight for the social uh, fellowship uh, at Chewy's, on International Drive, just behind Walgreens at, at, at the uh, intersection of uh, International Drive and Sand Lake Road, there's a big fancy Walgreens right there, and then right behind it is BJ's, and right next to BJ's is Chewy's. We really can't wait to see you tonight. Uh, you know, and if you want to come and, and wear your masks and socially distance, that's okay. Come on. Uh, you, we'll, we, we've got the back room there, uh, so it's just our, our group. We're not going to be in with a bunch of everybody else. we got the, the party room. 
Woohoo! So uh, come on out and be with us tonight at 5 o'clock. We love you guys so much. Lift your hands if you receive this blessing. I call you blessed. I say you'll go everywhere God's called you to go. You'll have everything God's called you to have. You'll do everything God's created you to do. And you'll be everything God's created you to be. You will walk in the favor of the Lord and your life will be blessed. Let's go take the journey together. God bless everybody. We'll see you tonight at 5 o'clock.